Welcome to the Soul Podcast. Great stories, tough issues, grace in the real world. What role does skin color play in identity formation? And how does following Jesus affect your cultural identity? We are back for episode four and one more powerful discussion with Gabriel Nieves and Tadis Ross. Next week, we have a new series, new guests, and a new topic. But first, one more great conversation in our Fatherless No More series. And don't forget, we still need to find out what happened when Gabriel finally came face-to-face with the man that he shot. And it doesn't begin well. And I really enjoyed the subject on this one. You know, diversity has always been a central part of my life. Now, I may look like the average American white guy, but my parents worked in the Foreign Service, which explains why I was born in Turkey. My childhood best friend was Japanese. As a kid, most of my heroes were guys like Tony Gwynn, James Worthy, and A.C. Green. Being a Lakers fan in the 80s generally meant that your heroes were black, plus Kurt Rambis. And my role models were teachers like Senor Valdez and Mr. Love. And they were Hispanic, black, Asian, and all kinds of different. And the funny thing is, it never occurred to me that my models for manhood didn't look anything like me. I was just a kid, and that was just part of my life. And I remember thinking that racism is just stupid because all these people are amazing. And since I became a believer, I've been so blessed to be a part of churches where unity and diversity just go hand in hand and make something beautiful. And the leadership looks just as diverse as the congregation. But I am well aware that it doesn't always work that way. Church has had some serious history with racism. And I don't believe that's all a coincidence of culture. There are elements of church tradition that have sadly allowed racism and segregation to find themselves a home. So these are important issues to discuss. For our kids' sake, it's not enough to talk about diversity. We have to be proactive if we want our kids to experience God's love for all peoples and to see the beauty that he has placed in every person and every culture. I don't just want my kids to see past color and culture. I want them to see the image of God in every one of them. As usual, easier said than done. So I really appreciate the perspectives that Tadis and Gabriel brought to our conversation. That's all coming up in today's Soul Podcast. But first, we have a contest and a giveaway to go with it. Okay, here's the story. We need your help to get Soul featured on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So we're running a contest and giving away a bunch of awesome Through the Word and Soul Podcast gear. Contest starts this Monday, November 18th, and all you got to do is rate, review, subscribe, or share. Each one gets you a contest entry. Stay tuned at the end of today's podcast, and I'll give you the details and how you can turn your rate, review, subscribe, or share into your contest entry. Okay, time to get started. The Soul Podcast is a production of Through the Word, All Rights Reserved. Find all our episodes as they launch weekly every Friday at soulpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts. So let's get to it. you got to hear this story. Welcome back to Soul Podcast. Gabriel Nieves, welcome back to the studio. Hey, thank you for having me. Gabriel's a pastor at Hope Alive in Santa Ana and Father... Yes, and sir. Uh, father figured a bunch of kids out of the schools. And Tadis Ross, welcome back, Tadis. Thank you, sir. Tadis is a teacher in our public schools up in Monrovia. Yes, sir. Dad with how many boys? Four. Four boys. <laughs> knucklehead <laughs> whisperer. Knucklehead. Don't take away that title. And the knucklehead whisperer. Don't, don't take away that title. <laughs> now, before we get anywhere, now we're going to talk about manhood again. We're going to talk about identity in Christ. I want to talk about how race comes into that. Okay. And mm-hmm. especially how 
teaching boys to be men when they don't look like you and their life doesn't look like your life did growing up, how, how that happens, how that's important, and especially as our identity in Christ comes in mm-hmm. and Jesus steps into the picture, does that take away our racial identity or does that add something to it? All that's going to come in, but I don't want to miss closing out Gabriel's story. Please, let's hey. not. Let's now, go. if you listen to the, our first episode with Gabriel, I want to hear where this goes and bring us back. Now, you went, you went on trial yes. for shooting man. Myron May. Myron May. Myron yes. May. God stepped into that situation. Mm-hmm. You did your time, but God changed your life, got you out of jail, re- got you back on the right track. Yes. You're doing ministry. You're doing music again. Yes. But then tell me how Myron, <laughs> Myron so something, comes back. Okay, so I began to do, I had a desire to reach the community, right? Because yeah. we were going and we, we, I would open up the word and, a lot of these kids were like, oh, no, nah, we're cool, man. I, I think guys had Bible thumped them before or something, right? So yeah. I started saying, you know what? Let's start doing some of this. I think this hip-hop music, the kids gravitate to it, you know? So I started doing that, and we started putting it with the, with the gospel. And I met this guy that was from a group called Priesthood. His name was Popo. I love and Priesthood. Yeah, and that's really his name. I'm a white guy. But... Okay. <laughs> his, name is, his name is Popo. He's a Samoan guy, man. And um, he was from Santa Ana. And we just we connected, man. He had the same passion for the for the community. We started doing ministry together. Nice. And one day I'm sitting there, man. I think we're writing a song or something. And I just the, the Holy Spirit just tells me, ask him if he knows Myron. And I'm like, oh man, I'm not gonna. I, I thought I was tripping, you know. I'm not gonna ask Popo. Do you know Myron? He's gonna think I'm I'm racist or something, you know? Hey, mm-hmm. because the guy the guy that I got that I shot was Samoan as well, right? So what ends up happening is I, I was obedient. I said, hey, hey, Paul, hey, do you know some guy named Myron May? And he was like, yeah, Oos. Oos is like, brother, yeah, bro. He got excited. That's my nephew. Oh, and no. I said, oh, really? So how's your nephew doing, man? Oh, no. You know, and he's like, oh, Oos, let me tell you, man, that dude is that dude got in some trouble a couple years ago, man. He almost got killed by some essays, man. And he just starts telling me the, the whole rundown. I'm like, oh, really? So how's he doing now? You know? He's like, oh, man, he's doing bad. He's out there. He thinks he's like Mr. Super Crip right now. And he's doing crazy. So I thought, oh, all right. And then I just told, hey, Poe. I'm that guy. I'm that essay. You know? I'm yeah. that guy that you're talking about, man. And, and he was just like, Get out of here, man. And then he connected the dots, you know. And, and you know, I was excited at first. I was like, hey, but this is a God thing. It's okay, man. God wants to restore and redemption, bro. And he was like, nah, bro, it's not a good idea, man. That dude's crazy. <laughs> and from what I hear, he's looking for the messages that shot him still. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, okay. So ends up happening. Uh, we, we continue to do music together, ministry together. Our friendship, our bond continues to grow and then um, one night I get a call from Popo's wife that to pray for Popo because he had a massive heart attack. Wow. The Lord took Popo home. And I get the next, the very next day, I get a message on Messenger from Myron May. And this is what he said. He said, hey, I know you know who I am. And I looked for you for many years. And I thought of you for many years. And it wasn't good thoughts, you know. And he said, but all this time I've been running from God. And I can't believe that someone I despise so much in my life is like family to me because me and Popo were so close and I was one of the pallbearers at his at his funeral and stuff. So what ends up happening, man, we 
I told them, man, I wrote back. I couldn't type fast enough. And I was like, man, I can't wait to see you at the funeral, man, at the celebration. And wow. I'm going to embrace you and just share what God has done. And sure enough, man, the, the, the day came and we locked eyes and I walked up to him, man, and I patted him down, make sure he was safe, <laughs> gave, him a, gave him a nice hug, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know what, man, I just I, I really genuinely just asked him for forgiveness and gave me a hug and we just embraced each other, man. And God just restored that relationship, yeah. you know. So that's reconciliation. Yeah, that, glory that, to that, God. God yeah. has made yeah. us ministers yeah. of a new covenant. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's ministers of God. reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Wow. And only, only, only Jesus can do something like yeah. that. I'm Amen. telling you, man. And, you know, not too long ago, um, I, well, it's been a couple of years. I was, I was teaching one of my classes in the schools, you know, these Bible studies. And there's a lady there, Asian lady, and she's just typing, taking notes. And at the end of the, uh, at the end of our Bible club, she says, Hey, can I help you guys um, get your records cleared? And I'm like, record? How does she know we got a record? You know? <laughs> so she talks to me and Pastor Tommy, right? And she says, hey, I'm a lawyer at USC, and uh, I'm getting ready to graduate, and I take cases pro bono, and I help guys with criminal backgrounds get um, their uh, certificates of rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool, man. Make the long story short, Myron went with me as a as a witness to to – um, on my court date to get the certificate of rehabilitation, right? So wow. I'm there. I had a nice portfolio put together, presented it to the judge, and my lawyer is saying all these good things about me. And then my lawyer says, and your honor, and Myron is here today in the courtroom in support of Mr. Gabriel Nieves. And the judge immediately stops. And she says, Myron is here today, present." The guy you shot is here? <laughs> and I said, absolutely, your honor, he's right there. <laughs> so the judge says, Mr. May, I need you to take the stand. I don't want to hear, she didn't want to hear Gabriel no more or my lawyer. So she brought Myron up and she asked Myron, I want to hear it from your lips. What happened? Like, why are you here? And he said, your honor, we were a bunch of adolescent kids with no direction. However, I want you to know that I did not have to be here this morning, but I chose to be here because I believe in the change that God has done in my brother's life. And the judge was like, her jaw just dropped. And she was like, this morning, this is what she said, this morning I had zero intention of granting, to, of granting you your certificate of rehabilitation because we know that guns, and it's a hot topic yeah. right now. And she didn't yeah. want that on her. If she grants me this certificate of rehabilitation, I go that out and do some dumb record. crime yeah. and go, it goes on her. She's she signing voted. off. She said, I had zero intention, but because I see I can't deny reconciliation, and this is what rehabilitation is supposed to look like. She addressed the whole courtroom, and God got the glory once Man, again. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. So she granted me that that certificate of rehabilitation. I feel the same, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's wonderful. That's powerful, man. Yeah, that's, that's just a recognition of what God had already done in your heart. Good. Right? Yeah, if if yeah. any man is in Christ, he is he a, a new, new creation. creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Amen. Now, we're going to segue that story into a little talk on manhood, fatherhood, and where race steps into our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Where do those things cross together? As we're teaching boys to be men. Jesus steps into that, but they're going to say, but but this is who I am. And, and Tadis, for you, you, you talked about as a, as a young man that it was your race that held you back from, from looking at the white savior who mm-hmm. had been weaponized 
the, the, the those are my words, not his. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting Tadis here, who have been weaponized against you. You're looking mm. at, at as others and your father were looking up to to Islam and black mm. power and everything mm. that ha, had mm. to offer. We get a lot of interesting things here, and this could get tricky. Mm. <laughs> so so let's lay down the ground rules again, real quick. I'm let Brad. I'm gonna let you do that to remind us of, of the rules. This could get very tricky. So yeah, yeah let's let's really you know all of us and listeners, you yeah. know, is respect the story. Uh, humility before wisdom, um, grace. We intend to find it. Grace always in this, mm. and uh, and just as we heard through through Gabriel's story right now, is God exalted in, in through all this? Mm. Amen. So here's here's where we we'll go. I want to dive right into it. We talked already in the last episode about what the things are that we teach boys. To how to, teaching boys to be men, and especially men in Christ. Mm-hmm. We want to teach them responsibility, to, to be responsible, to, to have courage, and not, not worldly courage, but the kind of courage is self-control, to show strength, love, respect, respect for women, respect for elders, mm-hmm. respect for your teacher, respect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to have faith, to put your faith in, uh, in God. And we want to teach them some wisdom with life, making good decisions. So as we teach them these things, what happens when the race car gets dropped on you? What happens when, uh, when, when they say, hey, that's all good for you, that, that, that's, that's your thing, but uh, what role does race play in discipleship, in mentoring, and in learning manhood? Mm. Tadis, do you have any boys that don't look like you who are growing up under um, your care? Yeah, I mean, I have, a, you know, like I say, I have a lot of Hispanic young boys, and um, I'm with it. You know, they, they don't really, because this, this is the thing. Let's keep it real, and I'll hopefully... When you grew up in L.A., not East L.A., but West L.A., mm-hmm. right, in South Central L.A., mm-hmm. Hispanics and blacks live next to each other. Yep. So East L.A., only time when I went to the San Gabriel Valley was the only time where I see where it was not, it was segregated, like there weren't any black people. But I grew up with Mexican guys. The Elote man, mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up, we grew up speaking Spanish too. Hey, t- hey you know, mm-hmm. hey, Gabino, hey, where's the pozole? Did your grandmama make the pozole? <laughs> <laughs> so it... It, it, you know, I don't really have those problems with the Hispanic guys because I kind of can relate. But mm-hmm. when I have the Aryan guy, you know, we already have to know, like, listen, this is a situation, man. And um, it's hard. It's definitely hard because even growing falls, up. Yeah. yeah, because where it falls. And then growing up, I don't believe that. I believe that the image of God was weaponized. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's different than his yeah. words, but mm-hmm. the image of God was weaponized. So an American, I'm only speaking for America, and I'm not blaming Christianity because there are multiple theistic religions who have done this. So I'm not saying, oh, because I'm a Christian. So the situation yeah. is that in America, you have people who have been oppressed, whether they came and they took the land and they came and they had people, whether those people were sold into servitude or not, you know, from their own people. You know what I mean? Because there's West African slave trade and there's East African slave trade. So... They come in and then they use the Bible to continue to oppress these people. They have them talk about passages of, of being uh, um, um, faithful to your master mm-hmm. of slavery. And then on top of that, the people who are oppressing you look like Val Kilmer. And they're like, wait a minute. I don't think Jesus looked like Val Kilmer. It's kind of mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> he might have needed some melanin. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. no. So he looks like he has. And so this is so. So they're telling you that you're subservient. Mm-hmm. Then the, the image that they're feeding you is the people who are supposed to be better than you. And they're using his words or his vision and the words. So it's like it was kind of hard to swallow. Like, wait a minute. You know, and then when you look politically, politically, sometimes the people who claim the Christianity have some of the racist views. Yeah. So we're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So you want me to buy into this too? And it was hard. 
it it was hard. It, it, it you know, it was hard. It took my my grandmother, you know, my paternal grandmother, to say, "Baby, without good white people." She told me good white people had the Underground Railroad. It wasn't black people. It was white people who didn't believe in slavery that had the Underground Railroad. I'm like, oh, for real? Yeah. I need some verification, Grandma. I don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, she told me. She was like, hey. Mm -hmm. And she said, baby, when you close your eyes, everybody black. (laughs) I'm like, you know what, Grandma? That's a pretty good idea. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at Gabriel. When I close my eyes, it's, it's Dijon. But when I open my eyes, it's Gabriel. It's okay. Let's keep my eyes closed. <laughs> you, know, you know what's sad is when, I mean, Scripture tells us, you know, about images. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what do we do? We, we you know, throughout time, we mm-hmm. want images, right? And mm-hmm. you look at the... Yeah, the, that image mm-hmm. is more dangerous than we realize. Making mm-hmm. those images... Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not making a, a religious statement about whether or not you can have a picture of Jesus in your house. No, I'm no, not no. saying uh-huh. that. No. But the images historically have been more dangerous than we figured yes. out. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's like... And so that's where I grew up. But, you know, honestly, it was good people. My wife's family, because my wife is... She's everything, but she looks white. You know, I, I tell her she's white. You, know, you look white to me. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, her not with fam- your eyes closed. Yeah, well, not with my eyes closed. You know what I mean? But when um when I went over her family's house, man, they were so embracing, and I I've yeah. never heard anything. I've never felt any type of weight. Peyton, I'm just phenomenal. So then I I began to get um a desensitized, and what I mean, I I start like okay, so if they ask me a legitimate question, it was okay. Because they didn't meet, they didn't have any malfeasance. They we we built the bridge, mm-hmm. you know, like you know. So I'm like, okay, I got you, and it's not a problem. So then I start to be an ambassador for my race, and then we we, we have a it's called a bicultural assimilation. I give you some, you give me some. I give you some, you give me some, and it's it's cool. Now this is what should be happening in church. For me, mm-hmm. church should be the place where you get to meet people completely different from yourself. Mm-hmm. Being a Christian, this is one of the greatest things about being a Christian. I have found brothers and sisters in every part of the world. I've gone, I've been, God's, by God's grace, I've had opportunity to go all over the place. Mm -hmm. And whether I'm in Asia or Europe or Africa, and I've I've met, and I just haven't been to South America. So, Uh but but when I've been in Mexico, I meet brothers and sisters, and there's a bond that we have Mm -hmm. because of Christ. Yeah. In Ephesians 2.14, I want to read this verse. For he himself is our peace, talking about Jesus, Mm -hmm. who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Mm -hmm. Jesus took down the the wall of hostility that was between us. Now, in the context there in Ephesians, the thing that built that wall of hostility was religion. Mm -hmm. Religion separates people. And Mm -hmm. it's the religion of following God by a set of laws where the people, where these people get in and these people stay out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Jesus tore down that wall. And then what we should have when we're doing it right, when we're walking in grace, is I walk into church and people don't look anything like me, exactly. but I, I get to connect with them like you're talking about, Tadis, yeah. and say, I got a brother who looks nothing like I do. Man. And we might come from a different mother, but we got the same father. Same father. Mm-hmm. And we got this incredible connection. Now, let's talk about that how that, how that comes through in our vision of manhood. Mm-hmm. When we're teaching boys to be men, do you think it's a healthy thing for a boy to look up to a father figure who, whose background, whose color is nothing like him? I I do. I mean, I have a personal mm-hmm. personal uh, perspective with uh, Peyton, mm-hmm. and he has a uh, well. It wouldn't be fatherhood. It wouldn't be manhood. He has daughters, but they're multicultural, mm-hmm. and he just is in love with them. And then they see the rainbow 
you know, so you can have, because I don't know what color God is. He's every color. He's every, he, he invented every color. He, he dwells outside yeah. of time and space. And every person, who's, every man and woman who's made in his image are all made. Are all in made in his image, yeah. right? Amen. Amen. So, you know, so I, I, I see it. And then those things allow you to know that there are people who might not look like you. There's Bible says nothing new up under the sun. Mm-hmm. So don't think that don't have terminal uniqueness. Your uniqueness. Yeah. I want you to know that you're unique, but don't be terminal about it because nothing new up under the sun. Right. So we all have the same feelings in the human condition. So when I see a white guy I, at my church, I see a lot of, um, you know, I see a lot of people who are white and they adopt black kids. Or I see a couple of Hispanics and they have black kids. Or I see a couple of black people and they have white kids. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it because we're all one, man. You know, we're all going to go back to dust. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gabriel, how about you? What's your perspective? You told us about showing up at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa yeah. right over here. Yeah, well, yeah but <laughs> um, I just wanted to plug this in there. Um, right. I think that just being prejudice and racism that's something also that's taught and Mm. and i'm gonna say Mm, this why why i believe this so much because growing up man my my spiritual mama miss mary man she was black and Mm. and and mr myron her husband was black you know and he was the best example of a a a man to me a man that loves his wife and Mm. and here comes a little Mexican kid, man, never left. They would take me everywhere with them, you know? When I would go to church with them, it was a, it was a black church, and I loved it. It was awesome, man. I it was, was just like, music. oh, man, I love the music, man, you know? And I remember, that's what I'm saying. So I know he was a mentor, and he kept it real. When I was 18 years old, he picked me up from the county jail. I had no one to call, and he was, um, I'm talking about, he was like 6'4", just ripped, you know, Mr. Myron, man, <laughs> shaved head. And and I remember I, I was always the one that just messed with him, and he would always grab me in headlocks. I'm going to break your neck one of these days, boy, <laughs> you know? But just teaching manhood, right? Yeah, there. teaching manhood. Man. <laughs> but he picked me up when I was 18 years old from the county jail, and he said, you were created for so much more than this, Gabriel. When are you going to learn your lesson, man? This is the last time I ever picked you up from a county jail. And what ended up happening, man, and he picked me up. But up to this point, I was low-key because of my neighborhood. They said that browns and blacks, we don't mix. Yeah, They taught me that. They said, Mm. like, you know, essays have nothing to do with blacks. This is the code, okay, when you start doing time and you start getting incarcerated. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like, Kobe's my best friend, dude. Like, (laughs) you know? But it was like, you want to run with us? These are the rules. You know, mm. and you know what? Slowly but surely, I just started. All right, well, this is it. We don't we don't mess with them. Mm. We don't mess with that. And you know what ended up happening, man? When I was in trouble, I was always calling Mama Mary or 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 Kobe's dad. I was always calling Mister Myron, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, man!" But it was taught to me. It wasn't something that was you know that they, that I, I didn't yeah. go up that way. You know, so um, I do believe like it, it does. Ha- it it can happen. You know, it's just when sin enters, man, it just he it makes all things. Yeah. You know? Sin when sin enters, sin divides us. Ugh. But also when religion gets in there and legalism starts getting in yeah. and that us not them mentality. Yeah. Us and versus Jesus, them, yes. And Jesus came in to at the cross, he took that down. Yes. He took that down because we're saved by grace through faith so that no one can boast. Mm. And it's that boasting that divides us when one of us thinks we're better than the other. But when when we come to the cross, God levels the playing field. Yeah. 
Definitely. Now, the question I, I want to move to is when he levels the playing field, does does your color matter anymore? Oh, yeah. right, do you still have it? And we're going to, we're going to, we got a couple minutes left, so we got to do our, our throwdown. Our throwdown is going to bring us there. So, Brad, why don't, why don't you introduce the throwdown? All right, real quick on the throwdown, I'll keep it short. You guys have been through this. Basically, read your verse, keep it brief, right? I'll card you. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, so check it out. So let's let's get ready to, to Bible it up here. So how does the gospel transform our racial identity? What changes? What remains? Hmm. Gabriel, you're going to give us a verse for that, I believe? Absolutely. Galatians 3.28. It says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So I believe it's understanding that we are all equal in Christ. However, that doesn't mean that the minute I said yes to Jesus, my culture changed. I, 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 was, I was a Christian that accepted Jesus. However, my identity is not in my culture anymore. My identity is in Christ, right? So I think like... um. I love my culture, man. I love tamales. I love being oh, Mexican. I love, I love it, too. you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and the thing is, like, I don't think there's nothing. Cultures are beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's our identity. We can't mm -hmm. find our identity, right, Or yeah. in, in, in that. Our identity is in Christ, right? Right. It's talking about what's foundational. You mm -hmm. get something that's deeper mm -hmm. than, yeah. your, than your skin. That's deeper than than the culture that that's just part of the food that all that stuff. There's a beauty in all that stuff, but when you get a deeper foundation mm -hmm. in Christ, it just change it transforms so that now you don't need a foundation and all that other stuff that can steer you off. You can enjoy the beautiful part of it, let go of the junk that yeah. happens to come with it. Sometimes mm -hmm. get your foundation set in Christ. Yeah. Um. So I feel the same thing. I said, you know, honestly, I didn't have a verse, but they have a statement. The gospel did not change my racial identity. It didn't mm -hmm. change my phenotype or my genotype. That's not what it did. It didn't mm -hmm. do that. But it, it did cause me to challenge my own biases and increase my willingness to build racial bridges based on spiritual kinsmanship through Christ. Mm -hmm. I believe all of God's people are individual threads in the tapestry of his glory. Because if you look at the tapestry, each individual mm -hmm. thread, when you look at it macro, it's like that is a beautiful thing. And then when you look behind it, they're all knotted up. They're all messed up. <laughs> so it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's on multiple levels. Yeah. Each individual thread is, a, is to his glory. When you look at it macro, it's like, oh, my God, we couldn't even see that. You know, so mm -hmm. it didn't change my racial identity, but it allowed me to encapsulate and encompass people. Instead of my culture being a barrier, it was a bridge. Come on in. You know, come on in. I like you like black peas. You like peas. You like peas and rice. <laughs> come on, you like oxtails. Come on in. <laughs> if you don't like them, you're gonna try. Yeah, you, know, you don't like them. You know, and then that's how it is. You know, and it's, it's it, it became my culture became a bridge and not a barrier. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's one of those things too with our cultures. I mean, it is we go through experiences. We there's things God puts before us so that we can reach people. Like right, I, I think we can reach you know kids, these young men of different ethnic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I believe that firmly in Christ. Um, but I think there's some connections too sometimes because they might not be willing, some kid might not be willing to walk up to me that might walk up to you, Gabriel, or walk up to you to Deese, right? Yeah. Just right at the start. I'm going to have to put some more time in maybe than them just seeing maybe who's there in front of them at that yeah. point, yeah. right? So I yeah. think that. But and let it's me, about going cross-culture. If you enter into their culture, mm -hmm. like Jesus entered into ours, uh -huh. Jesus became one of us. We got to step in incarnational ministry. We got to step in to their mm -hmm. world and respect their world, respect yes, them exactly. in it. And then we can bring Jesus into that. Yeah. Mobilize the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Amen.
Chris, you got a verse and for us, though? I do have a verse. And and actually, what you guys were just saying, I really want to say, you know, it's it's illustrated beautifully in your story about Myron, Gabriel. You and Myron, like, you were against each other because the world said you were, mm-hmm. right? You didn't mm-hmm. even know each other. You didn't even you know didn't. each other's name. Like, you just, just from looks and neighborhood, that's mm-hmm. all it takes. There was a separation that yep. was that was enough to, to cause violence, yeah. right, mm-hmm. to start shooting each other. But when Jesus stepped into that situation, he tore that barrier down. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get carded if I go off again. Okay, I got a verse. So you got a verse. Revelation 7, 9. Now, Revelation 7 is a glimpse into heaven. This is John looking and saying, this is what heaven looks like, and this is what he says. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, Mm. but when John looked, he recognized that every nation was there yeah, because he could still see it because yeah. their ethnicity hadn't been stolen from them just because they're following Jesus. And what he sees is a beautiful sight because everything's represented. Mm. Yeah. And from my experience, the greatest food in the world happens in cities where you got a lot of refugees and immigrants, oh, yeah. where people from all over the world are coming in because that city decided we got to open our doors. There's needy people. Mm. And the best food in the world is where that fusion happens. We, we got the blessing living in Southern California. Southern California has people from all over. I get food some trucks. of the best yeah, food Vietnamese trucks. food. <laughs> food, trucks. food trucks. Vietnamese food in my neighborhood is phenomenal. Oh, you know why? Uh-huh. Because a couple decades ago, there were refugees who needed a place to live. And then that Vietnamese food started to mix with Mexican food. And you start getting Korean food in. We got people all over the You got some fusion. good food yeah. in this food place. Trucks. Because doors were open. And that's what church should be. Church should be the place where you bring the good food with you. Bring you br- it with you. You bring what's good. You get some open doors. And, man, we're refugees in Christ, yeah. right? And God opens his door to us, and you get family. And we start mixing that food together and finding what's good in all of it. That, that you got something good cooking in the pot. Glory to God. Chris, I'm going to have to leave early because I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's close on that. Let's, uh, it, it, man, we could talk about a lot more, but uh, I'm going to let you guys go. Thanks for joining the podcast. Tadis Ross, thank you f- so much for joining us. I'm blessed. Thank you guys for it's having been, me. It has been a blessing to hear yeah. your story, God's work yeah. in your life. Gabriel, yeah. thank you again for joining us. Gabriel, again, we can get the rest of your story, that part with Myra. Tell us about the book again, where we yes, can find it. Yes, the book it. is called Beyond the Gang, and it's available on Amazon. Beyond the okay. Gang. And your music. Oh, yes, also and you have also, a website yes, with I have, some music I have on a it. website. You can download some free music at themessagemusic.com. 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 Yes. I could use that same food analogy with music. Yeah, you bring yeah. it all together. Yeah. Bring it all together. Bring it all together. You know? That's how we get Mexican guys, because Mexican guys, and they be like, hey, we don't like the black guys, but you're listening to rap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, what are you talking yeah, about? What are you talking about? So you like Tupac, but you don't like me? That's my cousin. Yeah, that's <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> oh, I'll say, Christ, I, I may be a white boy, but Christian music, is some, Christian rap is some of my favorite music. There. Oh, I love it. I love it. There's just something about how much of the word you get in there, it gets deep. Yeah. Rap can just really get mm-hmm. deep. Yeah. yeah. All right, Brad, thanks for joining me again. Why don't you close this out? All right. Well, thank you uh, for everyone for listening to uh, another Soul Podcast. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. And that does it for Episode 4 and closes out our series, Fatherless No More. Next week, new guests, new topic, and phenomenal new stories. Ahead this season, we will find the grace of God at a drugged-out rave, on the mission field on the other side of the world in Nairobi, and another mission field in a refugee community around the corner. 
in the pit of addiction and in one powerful story at a mass shooting at a country music festival. You do not want to miss these stories. Now, as promised, we have a contest. We need your help to get Soul featured on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So we're running the contest and giving away a bunch of awesome Through the Word and Soul podcast gear. Basically, we want to reach more people with these great stories. We don't sell anything, so this is all about outreach. And here's how it works. The first eight weeks on a podcast launch are critical because that's the window that Apple observes to feature a podcast in the new and noteworthy section, which is a big deal and generally means a lot more reach. This is week four, so we're halfway in on our opportunity time. We're doing well, but to get things really moving, we're running a contest. Basically, we're bribing you to help us get featured. Well, not bribing, just adding a little incentive. What we need to get featured are four things. We need you to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Two R's, two S's. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. Especially on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, just subscribe because they don't have ratings or reviews. So the contest begins this Monday, November 18th, and runs two weeks. But you can start anytime. We'll be giving away some great Through the Word and Soul podcast swag, including an exclusive athletic jacket embroidered with the Through the Word logo. To enter the contest, all you got to do is rate, review, subscribe, and share. Each one of those gives you one entry in the contest. You can do that part now. Then beginning Monday, we'll post the contest form on our website at soulpodcast.com, S-O-L-E podcast.com and on our Through the Word social media pages. No purchase necessary because we don't sell anything. And that's it. New episode premieres every Friday. You can subscribe and get all our episodes wherever great podcasts are found. And check our YouTube channel to see it in the studio. Videos coming soon. You can also find every episode at soulpodcast.com. That's S-O-L-E podcast.com. The Soul Podcast is a production of Through the Word. If you like this podcast, you're going to love Through the Word. With audio guides for every chapter in the Bible, join us for an epic journey through the entire Bible and understand the Bible in just 10 minutes a day. Get the app free at throughtheword.org. The Soul Podcast is listener supported. You can donate on the throughtheword.org website. All gifts tax deductible. Our producer is Brad Hornback. Audio production by Kira Joy. Editing by yours truly. Video production by Michael Kincaid and Daniel Torres. On behalf of the whole team at The Soul Podcast, thanks for joining us. You heard the story. Now go talk about it. Share a post. Tell a friend. Start a conversation. And we'll see you in the next one. You gotta hear that story.